Hello, and welcome to the Deep Spirituality Podcast. Producer Nate here. Uh, today, we actually have a three-part series for you titled, How to Deal with Pandemic Problems. It's uh, where Russ is having a conversation with uh, three different couples on how they're handling the pandemic and the spiritual lessons that they're learning during this very trying time that we're all kind of going through. But really good conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. Before we get started, though, I want to make sure to ask you to subscribe to the feed. You know, whatever your whichever your podcast platform is, uh, your choice of listening to things, make sure to subscribe to the Deep Spirituality Podcast. Um, and so without further ado, let's jump into the conversation. Today, we have a great episode for you. We're going to have some guests on the podcast, uh, and we know that some of you were requesting guests the last time, and so I guess we listened to you, or we already planned to do it. <laughs> You'll never know. Uh, but the theme of today is how to deal with pandemic problems. This is not your relatives and your friends. This is the actual pandemic. And I'd like to get us started by just talking about a couple of things to set things up before our guests come on. Walking along in prayer the other day, it occurred to me, I don't want to be afraid anymore. And when I look back at life, one of the things I realize is that for a lot of my life, I've been afraid. And the events we're facing now and the environment we're living in now only increases those fears. I grew up in the shadow of the Vietnam War as a small kid, but I remember body counts on television. I remember my uncle being killed. He was a Marine, but he wasn't killed in Vietnam. He was killed by a racist person who killed him when he was living in Tennessee. So I grew up aware of death. I knew that eventually, if the war kept going, I'd be drafted when I turned 18. Of course, I was only about 8 or 9 or 10, but it put fear. That same fear exists today because of the pandemic, because of the fires. And so as I was walking along today and the other day, it occurred to me, I don't want to be afraid anymore. And maybe you feel that way. Now, that's the spirit stirring thought and conclusions that what we're walking in and what we're living in is difficult times, but the consequence that we have to be careful about is that difficult times don't become dark times in our own life. Today, when we talk to our guests and we discuss how to be pragmatic and how to be um, effective in dealing with the difficulties and the stresses and the pressures and the anxiety of the pandemic we're living through, and again, the fires, one of the things I want to put before us is faith is light and fear is darkness. That's what's different about these literally dark times, this virulent pandemic and the raging fires, the economic upheaval and the social divisiveness is we're all being forced, at least I've been forced, to believe what the scriptures teach about the underlying darkness that never leaves this world. A lot of times we don't believe in darkness, even when it's depicted in literature and on the movies, we still think it's sort of a fantasy thing, just for the movies or just for the books or just to scare us. But darkness is real and faith is light. Walking in fear is walking in darkness, which is the absence of faith. It's optimism that we want to have, not pessimism. We want to resist criticism and fatalism, determinism, skepticism, each part of the dark forces resisting the idealism of faith. And that's what we want to do. We have some people on today who I think, in the midst of all of us facing real challenges, we're trying and choosing idealism, and we hope all of you do. Not the criticism that comes in, not the fatalism, not the pessimism. It's easy to take snapshots of the environment and constantly re reiterate and repeat that uh, the sun is not shining, that the smoke is going to kill us, that the pandemic is going to kill us. And if those don't kill us, the economy will kill us. And before you know it, we're not even living like Christians. Here's a beautiful passage of scripture in Psalm 82 and verse 1. God is in charge of the great meeting. This is a new century version. 
He judges among the gods. He says, how long will you defend evil people? How long will you show greater kindness to the wicked? Defend the weak and the orphans. Defend the rights of the poor and suffering. Save the weak and helpless. Free them from the power of the wicked. Believe it or not, these are dark times. And he's saying what you should be doing is you should be helping people. You should be changing lives, even in dark times. In verse five, he writes, you know nothing. You don't understand. You walk in the dark while the world is falling apart. We don't want to be people who walk in the dark while the world is falling apart. That's why this warning's theme is how to deal with pandemic problems. And the central problem of the pandemic is and remains fear. For us to be like Jesus, we have to walk by faith, walk in the light, experience the oneness with God that makes us the light in darkness. John 8, 12, the contemporary English version says, once again, Jesus spoke to the people. This time he said, I am the light for the world. Follow me and you won't be walking in dark. You will have the light that gives life. When we become negative, when we become fatalistic, when we become pessimistic, when we become critical people, it means we're walking in the dark. Our faith is not driving us, our fear is. In John 9, 5, in the Passion Translation, TPT, as long as I'm with you, my life is the light that pierces the world's darkness. I love that. As long as Jesus was with the disciples, he would be the light that would pierce the world's darkness. Well, guess what? Today, in the middle of all the troubles we face, people who believe in God, people who practice Christian faith, should be the light that pierces the world's darkness. We shouldn't be crushed by it. We shouldn't crumble under it. We shouldn't compromise with it. We should be the light that pierces it. In 1 Peter 3, 14, in the New Revised Standard Version, but even if you do suffer for doing what is right, you're blessed. Do not fear what they fear and do not be intimidated. As we spend some time in conversation with three couples who were presented us with incredible conversation about how to deal with pandemic problems, let's remember, unless we deal with the darkness of fear, we will not experience the light of faith. How to deal with pandemic problems. The first thing we're gonna talk about is we're going to talk about a step. Step one, choose prayer instead of pride. And that's a good thing, huh? Choose prayer instead of pride. Pride resists turning to God. And so one of the first things we're going to talk about really is that pride resists turning to God and that pride is, I know for me, my greatest problem. And pride is not just like about being boasting or arrogant. It's about relying on ourselves. What reliance looks, what self-reliance looks like and why it doesn't work. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 11. Let's check it out. Again, I observed this on the earth. The race is not always won by the swiftest. The battle is not always won by the strongest. Prosperity does not always belong to those who are the wisest. Wealth does not always belong to those who are the most discerning. Nor does success always come to those with the most knowledge. For time and chance may overcome them all. Uh, part of the reason I know this passage is because it's what was read at my baptism when I was baptized. <laughs> um, the swiftest, that's about talent, my talent. The strongest, that's about my health. The wisest, that's about my strategy or plan. The most discerning, that's about my insight, my emotional or social intelligence, my ability to spot trends and predict the future. The, my, my knowledge, the most knowledgeable, my intelligence. The Bible teaches that all of these things, talent, health, strategy, plans, insights, emotional or social, trend spotting, intelligence, personal intelligence, will all crumble in the face of time and chance. And that's why the Bible tries to urge us not to resist, but to turn to God. And the first thing we want to learn, as we mentioned, is prayer. What prayer looks like and why it works. And in just a moment, we're going to have Dave and Kimmy Traver come on. They're going to be our first guests for today. And they're going to talk a little bit about relationship with God 
And that's going to be their focus. They'll talk about prayer, but they'll talk about other aspects of relationship with God and how to solve pandemic problems with a great relationship with God. Let's read this passage to see what prayer looks like and why it works. And then we're going to go to Dave and Kimmy Traver, Traver, who are in their uh, chosen location, not with us. We are properly socially distancing. In Daniel 9, verse 20, while I was speaking and praying, look at this, while I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and making my request to the Lord my God for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer. So he's saying, there's things, as soon as we start praying, heaven starts moving. Heaven starts being moved. While I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me a swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I've now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out. I don't know if you've noticed, but one of the um, vaccines that was put on hold uh, has uh, gone back into uh, uh, being delivered to people and being tested. And that was a result, in my view, of our prayer on Tuesday and Wednesday. Because as soon as you begin to pray, a word goes out, which I've come to tell you for your highly esteem. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. Great passage, great book. But I want to bring in Dave and Kimmy Traver. Psalm 119, 143 comes to mind for all of us. As pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in your commands. So as all of us are facing the pressure and stress we've already discussed, here's the thing. Let's go to Dave and Kimmy. So welcome, Dave and Kimmy. I think everybody's looking forward to not hearing my voice anymore. They want to hear your voice. No jokes, please. Thank you. Uh, What do you think? It's been kind of crazy in the world. And, uh, you guys have a family. I think you have your two kids, uh, uh, with you. And I'm sure there's a lot of pressure and stress that goes on with work and with life. What are your thoughts about relationship with God, how it can help? What are some of the ups and downs? Can you talk to us about that for a little bit? Well, uh, first of all, uh, I think you need to find somebody who's really good at this. We'll find somebody soon. <laughs> you know, in, in the meantime, uh, since you've mentioned our names, yes, I already put you out there. You have to talk that's, now. That's what it's about. Um, you know, I, I think the the overriding. I'll get right to it. The overriding um, belief that I have during such a time as this, and the the Word of God uses that uh, in various places is that uh in the spirit of the scriptures teach that things happen uh under god's hand uh whether you want to use the word allowed or permitted or or directed whatever right i i I think that for such a time we are given incredible opportunity to uh not tread water spiritually uh but to take advantage of this of, of everything that is going on to uh, first and foremost, in my opinion, learn and transform. This is on an individual and in my mind, a family and collective level. So hmm. this, this okay. is something that I feel very deeply about. I've shared it with other people, uh, not just here. And uh, I think it, it, it really drives in my mind the my relationship with god how it's changed how i've tried to you know change during this uh experience and 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 our family as well awesome now kimmy you're 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 somewhat famous in my house of course you're always famous uh but uh you created gluten-free cinnabons that were very tasty and i have to tell you 
there it came close to bloodshed in my home over those uh, I mean people when I turned my back were stealing and I believe that's against the Bible but anyway uh, can you just say a word about how doing cool things like you were on the cutting edge of the Cinnabons and giving them out and thank you for that great birthday gift but how you create joy at home because one of the things this scripture says is pressure and stress bear down on me I find joy in your commands which means there's a lot of things you do with your family and for your family, I think, that bring joy. And, of course, with the burden, pressure, and stress of being married to Dave, you have to bring joy. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Anyway, Kimmy, let me get it. Let me let you get in there. Say whatever you want to say. I just wanted to say, you to say a word about that. Well, you know, I, I think it is a very, you know, stressful time. And I know for me especially my relationship with God, it's very easy to focus on the negatives, you know, again, like you mentioned earlier, giving into fear, you know, what is the air quality quality today? Can I really go outside? Um, you know, is the, um, whatever, is the heat going to be too much for me to do anything, to go on a walk, whatever right. it may be. And right. part of me, I really just enjoy being outside. And I think part of you know, before the past couple of weeks, just being able to sit outside under yeah. the tree in my chair and just look out and have my quiet time, my time with God, reading the Bible, praying, but being able to just let down and not have to feel like I'm confined in a space in a room or, or something that's, you know, typical for me, you know, trying to spend time with God, but not really enjoying that time together. And part of being outside for me is just, you know, planting flowers, working in the garden. And I decided this year that I was going to try to make things enjoyable for me and my relationship with God, but then also to be able to give to others. And so yeah. one of the things that I did was to plant a uh, cutting flower garden, which is growing. And I cut flowers every week and I deliver them to different people in the neighborhood. Wow. With maybe some baked goods or whatever we happen to be making. And, you know, of course, Jessica and I are always trying to figure out new ways to encourage our neighbors. And we now are you, are you telling me that Jessica's involved in gardening? Uh, not in the gardening part. She's, she involved with the cooking part with me. Ah, yes. okay, okay. I like that. I like and so that. We like come that. Up and Dave is involved. Dave's involved in the watching part. He watches. Uh, no, no. Everybody, everybody has to have a role on a team, and I, I appreciate people who do nothing but watch. I do. I really, I think it's important <laughs> to master that skill of watching others serve. <laughs> it I, does something for us spiritually. I from you, Russ. <laughs> I can't deny that, Dave. <laughs> Sorry, Kimmy, but so you you're delivering flowers and little treats, and little to treats to people, yes. And that makes you happy it too, does. right? It does make me happy, and it just it's a way of just connecting with our neighbors or our friends. Again, it it's not necessarily you know that I see people face to face, but just to send them a message saying, "Hey, I'm going to drop something off. I've left something on your front door." And to be able to encourage people during this time that to know that, you know, we're thinking about them. So, so one of the things I learned, and I want to come back to Dave on this before we kind of uh, wrap up this segment. One of the things I learned here from, from Dave at the very beginning is that we should see this opportunity, even though we are 
uh, in our homes more and limited in what we can do is an opportunity for transformation that you actually now have more time to focus on your relationship with God. And instead of sitting at home and maybe doing some things that are not quite as productive, spend some time doing some things in your relationship with God that will change your life so that after you come out of the pandemic, some of the things you've dreamed of and hoped for can happen. And then what I heard you talk about, Kimmy, is there's a joy that comes from not only reading your Bible and praying in the morning, but getting out of the house, getting in nature as much as you can. But then an extension of your relationship with God is doing things for people. I know for me, I'm a little, I'm challenged by that because I don't always think about my relationship with God as continuing after I finish reading and praying. But you just defined it as it doesn't stop when you're outside reading your Bible and praying. It continues when you're gardening, when you're making things for people. And what Dave sort of said is, and I'm putting those two together, what you're doing is really transforming your life, that we can be doing things at home to serve others, to give to others that transform our life. So, Dave, maybe you can come in here and, and, and tell me if I'm catching that right and also talk for just a little bit about your medical practice and how that's an extension of your relationship with God, because I think some of us don't think that work is an extension of our relationship with God. Well, I, 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 a number of people know that um, I my my practice is our, our practice is focused on uh, addressing the needs and the the issues that uh, individuals, both children and adults, face who have uh, emotional and, and special needs. And, and uh, again, for such time as this, uh, here we are. Um, I, I absolutely believe that our jobs are uh, not an appendage of our faith. They are, they are the real deal. That's where we're supposed to have faith, not in you know, a closet, some reading something. Right. And I think that, that that makes it authentic, of course. You know? And I think uh, I hear a lot of people talking about how they, they silo. You know, they're, they're, there's their quiet time and then there's their then there's their work, which is really antagonistic to their quiet time. That that is not I understand that can happen, but I think oh, let me give an example. I think they're supposed to blend. And yesterday I was having yeah. a conversation with uh, a new family. Uh and uh they they they're from a different country and that's fine. Uh culturally, uh language wise, uh, we're speaking English, but the point is that at the end of it, I said, look, I'm going to be very honest with you, take off my doctor's hat for a second and let you know that uh, I said, look, I want you to know about resources that are out there for your child that have nothing to do with any kind of philosophy or whatever else. It's really about getting help for your child. This is phenomenal. The couple was so encouraged. They, they, they were very related. They were very alone. And to hear about this, of course, I gave them a link and uh, some direction on how to acquire the, this. But for me, that is that helps me because it helps me understand uh, I'm not being uh, I'm I'm not colonizing my faith in in some kind of behavior or activity. This you know faith for me should try uh, should be lived every twenty four seven and. Yeah. Do I do it all the time? No, but I'm trying. And I think that such a time as this allows us to, to do that. Uh, and it's extraordinary. I do agree with what you said. I think it's an opportunity. It's a blessing. It's a gift to be able to, 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 to have God here for us and to be used at a time like this, like never before, 
I think that God wants us to do that. I think that's exactly what God wants, uh, not to do necessarily ridiculous things, but to be able to provide the authenticity and the, uh, you know, the, the real live flesh and blood faith that people need and are, are so um, hungering for uh, during these days where we have layered challenges. That's the term I use now, layered challenges. Well, that's awesome. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming on. And, uh, you know, I think uh, it, it, it's just encouraging to people to hear that uh, there are people that are not uh, completely giving up in the midst of all the difficulty, but are finding ways to grow, change, help others. And I really enjoyed the part about being happy. I got to work on that. De-stressing, go out. I don't garden. I think I might kill some things, but so I, I won't do that. But just getting outside and being a joyful, giving person. Thank you so much for talking about relationship with God and how it extends beyond your quiet time. I know it'll help everybody out. Have an awesome, awesome rest of your day. Thank you, Dave and Kimmy Traver. Thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, Make sure to check out episodes two and three after this uh, on the Deep Spirituality feed. And if you haven't already, again, make sure to subscribe to the show. Um, Glad to have you guys around. And uh, we will see you next time.